Now, back to the guys. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Jones to Parker, reaches up. What a catch. Touchdown, New England. Wow, this is what I was talking about earlier, Jim. Just don't overthrow. It's one-on-one out there. The corner's not looking back at you. Give your receiver a chance. Last week, he overthrew one, and the Dolphins came back later on, underthrew it in a good way in some ways because you get a penalty. And this one, Parker comes back after a month off from the Arizona game with a concussion and finishes and keeps New England's playoff hopes alive. Devontae Parker, that touchdown during the years. You heard Tony Romo say, keeping the playoff hopes alive into hour two on this snowy Tuesday. Hopefully you're safe wherever you are. You can listen to us on the Odyssey app. And by the way, ask your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. You're sitting there at home. You can watch us on Twitch. You can listen to us on your smart speaker. You can listen to us on the uh, Odyssey app. And uh, make the appointment two hours from now, 1 o'clock, Steve Paliuka. Uh, one of the Celtics owners will be, uh, do we have to say Celtics governor? He's like the, I think, isn't he like the uh, alternate governor or something like that? I think that's how I'm they make sure. that work now. I'm not sure. We'll have to make sure to get that title right by 1 o'clock. But uh, Pags will be with us yes. in the 1 o'clock hour ahead of Shots for a Cure. So, Devontae Parker with the touchdown catch there. And Foyer, listen, I don't want to sit here and act like we're the, we're the cock of the walk or anything like that. However, I would <laughs> dare say that... If uh, we were to start to get into the world of the pigskin, it, uh, it'd be very difficult to find two people that can talk better than us. That ain't bragging. It's just the truth. So there's lots of people out there, and I think like somebody in the athletic has, you know, so it's almost like a uh, an, an election. My 10-point plan to be able to save the Patriots. You know what it is? My 10-point plan to save the state of Massachusetts. It feels like a, something would be running on that platform, right? Yeah, well, no, you're right because, uh, you know, um, we got, what is it? The uh, It was, oh, here it is. My step, uh, my 10-step off-season plan to bring the Patriots from the fringe to Super Bowl contenders. This is from Chad Graff from The Athletic. Mm. So I saw this. I thought it was funny. So here's how it starts. Right. Here's my five-step plan to fix the Patriots. They could be Super Bowl champions all over again. And it's so funny. So I do believe that a lot of these lists are, are rooted in... You know, like in the in the foundation of what we like to call imagination land, it is fantasy okay. booking is yes. what it is in the world of pro wrestling. Because I'm gonna just read you a couple. Okay, okay. Now then, you, I will base. Um, make me the I, bad hold guy. on. No, 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 no. I'm the one who's gonna say be, you idiot. No, 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 no. <laughs> I will base your opinion. Okay. Um, on uh, your response. All right. Just when I when I tell you like. Uh, uh, like some of the headings of the the ten topics that he says All are right. needed to fix the Patriots to going from you know crappy team to Super Bowl contender. Here's number three: hand over the offensive reins to Bill O'Brien. What? Oh boy. Okay. Thank you, because I looked at this Grash and I said, like, God, maybe this is an old article. Maybe this is from December. <laughs> maybe this is from January this when the season the ended. Sugar Bowl. Yeah, I was like, this before the Sugar Bowl. Like, what? What was this? No. Uh, and yeah, I was like, well, he's I, got I, the I, offense. No, he, Good lord! Wait, it's uh, it's a uh, February twenty seventh. It was yesterday, and I was like, "Why is this even hand over the offensive reins to Bill O'Brien?" Yeah, it's already of happened. Of course, it right. happened like a month and a half ago. Of uh, course, it. Of course, you're doing that. I thought that was just really like, hey, they, they told me I needed ten topics. They told me I needed ten. Yeah. All right, so here's another one. Okay, um, this will be the last one. Sign Patrick Peterson. 
Let Jonathan Jones walk. Dear Lord, what is this, Madden 2018? Yeah, again, okay. what, what what year is it? Because there's here's the thing. There's always... It gets like back to our vet. superstar discussion in hour one. Well, there's always oh, a veteran be player. Better. There's always a, a name yeah. recognition, hot topic player that guys want to associate with the Patriots. Like mm-hmm. Every year, there's this, ooh, Bill respects him. Bill had a hard time going against him. Bill would love a leadership guy like this. He's He knows what he's doing. And it just doesn't really vibe with where they're at. It's a joke. Personnel-wise, in my opinion. Like, would Patrick Peterson work? Probably. A situational guy. He'd be a great leader guy. He's still a physical guy. Is that what? Really, is that the vibe? Is he no. the missing link? No. You want to let go of Jonathan Jones with his age and his speed and replace him with Patrick Peterson? I'm a no. No. So, not to rip this thing apart. I know he spent a lot of time on it, and I expect his uh, his uh, commitment to the, to the job. But I just, I don't know if I'm ready for a list of how they need to fix things this early. Well, let's go into the 300 level class because a lot of people are talking about wide receivers. And I do think that when oh, yeah, that was of, one of them in there and too. I do think when people talk about wide receivers Fourier, there is the thought of a, just a one size fits all sort of mentality. Well, go get this guy. Cause he's great. Go get that guy because he's great. And look, if you truly have a great player, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams. Those guys are so good, you create stuff for them. But when you're in the neighborhood of the New England Patriots, I wonder if people are missing the point, Fourier, on putting together a group of wide receivers that fit within an offense. So, for example, when you think of what Devontae Parker brought to this Patriots team, he was like Brandon LaFell. He was like guys like that. The outside receiver where you know they're going to do certain things. I don't know if the other receiver, the Z, let's call it, is if there is a prototype. They drafted Tyquan Thornton last year. A lot of people talked about, well, put Tyquan Thornton in the slot. The problem is when you look at the profile of Tyquan Thornton, he's a speed guy who has the size of what you're looking at for like Devontae Parker, Brandon LaFell, guy like that. So, Fourier, let's advance this a little bit. What kind or style of wide receiver do you think the Patriots need to be looking for? And do you even buy on the premise that for New England, it's about putting together the group of wide receivers, not doing what Arizona did, which was just get a whole bunch of names and, well, we'll put them in this offense yeah, and figure, we'll figure it, out. it out. Yeah, so that's a, so forget about being pigeonholed to a certain position, right? So that's that's the premise that we're, we're, we're going to well, work Well, in a right way, now. yeah, because, look, Devontae Parker, to me, only plays one spot. And even when you said Devontae Parker, just let me go back just for a second. Yeah, please do. He's like, what was he? And you mentioned Brandon LaFell. The first thing I thought of with, with Devontae Parker was – he was a gamble. I thought he was a gamble. I thought he was a long shot. I thought there's a guy that that's had some really good years but has been hurt a lot that was like, hey, you're hoping that you're betting on the, the upside of this guy. You're betting on new environment, new offense, new coaching, just the, the willingness to prove people wrong. I thought that was a gamble. To me, I'd rather have a guy, and I'm just going to stick to uh, personality. Like the criteria for me would be personality, age, um, resume, even if it's a small sample size resume, I'm gonna buy low. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna invest 
at a low number. Small investment, big dividend. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. okay? If I'm going to play the financial game. And I use Wes Walker all the time because I remember physically watching him going, this guy's pretty good and nobody knows it. Right? Right right situation, different uh, zip code. He's gonna, he's a stud. Sure as hell he was. Better than Brandon LaFell. Brandon LaFell didn't really start off well. He didn't have this Devontae Parker resume. But, you know, you were buying on the upside. You were saying, this guy's really talented. We're going to find a place for him. Eventually he'll work out. He did. Okay? Uh, you can look at other guys. Like, remember Brandon Lloyd? Oh, that's that's another Brandon guy. Lloyd. To me, he plays that kind of X spot he's sort a, of, right? He's, I play with Brent. He's, he's a one-spot guy. He's an outside guy only. That's, that's it. it. Only lasted one year, and they say, and they got rid of him. Interesting. I'm looking for just a personality type. I'm looking for um, undervalued is what I'm looking for. Like, I'm going to bet on the upside of this guy. He's an undervalued asset. Like Nelson I Aguilar. See, <laughs> again, but again, he was he was a guy that I think you gambled on him too. His track record would show that you can't trust him. Right. That's what I so you're you're so arrogant with your belief that you can change people that you can you can gamble with a guy like Devontae Parker or Nelson Aguilar. I mean you can look at a Kendrick Bourne and say, you know what, I can get more out of him than you know than than the than the uh, the San Francisco 49ers did because he was kind of the third guy in the in the wheel, really fourth if you add their their running backs in there. So he was he was underutilized, and there was a big upside. So that to me is where I'm at. Devontae Parker, that age type, I don't want anybody over thirty. Okay, all right, I don't want anybody over thirty. But do you buy into that outside guy is? Six foot three, six foot four, two hundred x pounds, and run certain routes. Because well, it felt in a like way, they, yes. Because in a way, it felt like they tried to make Devonte Parker a downfield threat. When in reality, he's more of the quick outs, hooks, stuff like that. More of what we again, I'll use an easy reference point, but more of the Brandon LaFell type stuff. Yeah, I I felt like he was just cooked. With Devontae Parker. Okay. I thought he would be a perfect third slash fourth guy in a really young, dominated receiving core group. Well, let me ask you this. Can you put a guy 5'11 and 190 pounds out there at that spot, or do you need size with that wide receiver? I think I think the, the general consensus is that you need the size to be more physical and get off the line of scrimmage because a lot of bump and run, a lot of like contact – so someone who's smaller probably can't get away, or you'd have to motion them, right? Or you better have the ability to get release off the line of scrimmage, which is what we hear about Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, and if oh, he right, becomes the new age guy, do you so also? I, so my answer, quick answer, is no. All right, I'm not married to any particular. I look at a guy and say, listen, the chart says that he shouldn't play this position. But my eyes tell me that it doesn't matter. Do you think the Patriots are married to this is the model of what we want? We need the big guy on the outside. We need the slot receiver who's got the ability to make you miss in a phone booth. If that guy's 5'9 or 6 feet, whatever, there's a certain skill set we're looking for with the slot guy. And then the other outside receiver. Does that profile a certain way? Part of the reason I wanted to go down this exercise is it's easy for people to just be like, well, go get DeAndre Hopkins. Well, okay, we know he's a Hall of Famer, right? That's easy. But what might this team be looking for? Do you think they're beholden to kind of that sort of profile structure that it feels like they've had in the past? I think they do. I should have pulled this up. Now that Bill O'Brien's back. I, I do think they do all have a profile because I – so somebody released – um, a position by position analysis of what Bill looks for 
in each position, right? It's uh, from quarterback to tight end to offensive lineman to running back, and he he gives you a, a scouting report of what he wants his scouts to look for, okay? And maybe I pull it up after the break. Yeah, we can find it probably. But, but it goes into uh, – I'll use a tight end, okay? Um, should really be a catch-and-run guy. He mm-hmm. wants catch-and-run guys. He doesn't really care if they can block. He wants them to be able to, to get in the way. But you don't have to be a dominating Dan Graham block. You don't have to be Gronk. Yeah, but you have to be willing. You have I to be functional. Yeah, like you got to get in the way. In, right. in the NFL, you don't have to – you just can't get your ass kicked. you got to be able to do it. But he really wants a catch-and-run guy. Size is irrelevant, you know, to him for the most part. But, um, but you, have, you know, but – so – he brings that all down, so he has that. So I think they all look for that profile. We on our offense, our X has got to do this. We ask him to do this. We ask him to do that. Our offensive linemen need to be able to do this. Our backs need to be able to do this. So yes, until somebody breaks the mold, because like Taquan Thornton to me is not a slot guy. I'll say this. Let me add this real quick. They tried to put us in the slot. They tried to put the tight ends in the slot. To tight run. ends, okay. The when you were there, the okay. Slot. They uh do the Troy Brown, Dion Branch. Uh, you know, Wes Welker routes. Over the middle, return routes, things like that. Same ones, same ones that Elman that ran, same ones that Jacoby ran. So they put us in there for like a, like a week, and we were they were trying to force the issue. We just couldn't do it. Like, we couldn't do it. Like, I mean, we, you know, sometimes it would work. Uh, I didn't have the quickness. Uh, you know, I could find the opening, but, I, you know, if the ball wasn't on me right away, I wasn't getting it. You know, uh, Dan was, we, was way too slow. Ben didn't know what he was doing. So they just stopped letting us do it. They wanted they wanted us to see if we could do it, but we couldn't do it. Then they put Troy back in there. They put the shiftier guys back in there. Like they want position flexibility. They don't want anyone. Their initial profile will be this is the template that we want until somebody breaks the mold. Uh, you brought up something that I think might change the wide receiver discussion a little bit. Believe it or not, and we'll continue with that. Also, a big loss in Buffalo, at least in the short term. We've got that to unpack. No matter where you work from these days, take Gresh and Fourier with you on the Odyssey app. Favorite WEI. Lunchtime parlay coming up in a little over 20 minutes from now. We're going to be made miserable. Mm. We'll get to that. A lot of commentary about last night's parlay. A lot of people unhappy with the results. Andy Hart over here. Oh, I hit my parlay. What what, what do you mean? Like, don't mention it. Don't mention it. I'm just saying. You can show. A lot of people think they have all the answers until they don't. You can tell the the novice gambler hits one and starts walking around like they oh, know about, what they're doing. How about the hardo gambler that tells you, let me give you my book. You mean, I didn't say my, do it. no, no, not my book. I you had a book, book for you. Like your yeah. book. No, the it's book not. that you wrote. No, 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 no. This is one where uh, you would glean a lot of knowledge. Again, Again, I, you're the hardo gambler trying to, trying to tell the novice what to do. Your uh, six, 11 and one record stands out. Oh, oh! Sorry, didn't mean to play the card. But I'm, I, I'm, I mean business now. Oh, I mean, oh yeah. I mean business now. Didn't he say that after he hit his first one, like the first weekend on he this show? He said that a couple times. Yeah. Now. Oh, he means business now. Now oh, I'm yeah. serious. This yeah. time it's for real. Wait till Friday when uh, Christian's got to lead the way and Lou is here, and he's like, oh, I forgot my pick. Well, Lou's a degenerate gambler, so he should be pretty good at this. Oh yeah, like he should be able to carry, you know, carry some. 
positive weight there. He should be a good asset. But just you have for a to remember days. it. True. It's a lot more pressure on you on Friday and Monday compared well, to the, the scatterbrain that was walking up and down the hallway well, here just, for I, you tell you 45 what, minutes before the show. Can you imagine? I'm going to get here early on Friday and Monday. Poor Billy. I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring Billy back some uh, tchotchkes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little tube with a little thing in it that'll make you feel better. So <laughs> yeah, the little uh, yeah, Ooh. I'll make Billy smile. After. No, but in all seriousness, you just mentioned something when we were talking about the profile of the Patriots wide receiver, and you mentioned that back in the day when it was you and Graham and Watson, they tried to put you guys in the slot. To do a little bit of what Troy Brown has done and what Wes Welker did and then what Amendola did and Julian Edelman and on and on and on. Could that happen with these guys in terms of Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith? And would, if they think one or both of those tight ends would have the ability to work out of the slot, does that change the need, want, or profile to finding another wide receiver? No. So if you could put Hunter Henry in the slot and get different matchups, do you then still need the traditional slot wide receiver as we have seen here in New England for many years? No. I don't think if you uh, – it just gives you another option. So it's more of a wrinkle than it is something yeah. to rely on. I would love to be able to – you know, throw my big guys in, you know, so, you know, open them up from the line of scrimmage, detach them from the tackle, give them some more space, allow them to be off the ball so they can't get hemmed up, and then just give them more space. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. I think Hunter Henry can do it. I think he can do it all day long. I think especially with a guy like Mac that will wait on him. Mac will sit there and just, he will, you know, obviously he'll have him in his sights, but he'll know and he'll time it up. I don't believe in John o. Smith. And I, maybe I'm a jerk for saying that. I don't think he can do it. I think they're going to try to do it. They're going to force the issue. I just don't think he has that. I mean, we know he's got the speed, right? Well, let me and ask. He's got the speed. Look, and I know you didn't play for Bill O'Brien, but as you have also noted, with Bill O'Brien coming back, the guts of the Patriots offense are still relatively the same. Why couldn't you guys adapt to the slot, meaning like you and Watson and Graham and why do you think Henry can adapt to some work in the slot within what we've come to know as that Tom Brady, Josh McDaniels, Patriots offense? Yeah, I just feel like he has the the spacing awareness. I think he has enough knowledge about where to go, where not to go. I think he's such he's such good friends with Mac. You know, I know they're, they're the wives and the girlfriends are oh, their yeah. friends. So yep. I think there's an I bet he sits right next to him during install. Hey, listen, I'll be open here. I'll be open here. I'm going to go this. Way. I just feel like if you have a better relationship with the guy, then, then you're, there's a better chance of you getting the ball even when you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You ask Matt Hasselbeck. Okay. You have Matt. We'll get Matt Hasselbeck on. And I used to tell Matt all the time, I'm going to be open. I'm going to be open. To his detriment, he would throw it anyways. He would throw it anyways, and he would he would get picked, and he would blame me for like telling him to throw it. But I was like, you know what, hell, like you got to be your self advocate. I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> I got to advocate for myself. I think Henry's gonna be Henry will probably give you 65 to 70 catches, in my opinion, this year. So I also want to ask you again because we want to try to raise the level of the wide receiver discussion at least a little bit. We know that the slot receiver they love the shorter, quick twitch type guys, all that kind of stuff. For the guy that would play opposite for either, say, Parker or Thornton, the 
Z. Because the one thing I did learn a long time ago goes X, Y, Z, left to right. Or at least that's the way it was taught Where's generally. Where does the H go? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it preparation H yeah. or does it? No, but for the wide receiver opposite what would be Devontae Parker, what do you want out of that guy? Big, tall, big, tall, short, quick twitch. What 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 profile I, do you want there? I, I, I mean, personally, I don't care. Do I wish everybody was as big as strong as uh, AJ Brown? Sure. Right. Do, don't I? Don't I wish I could have DK Metcalf? Holy cow! But if you had Devonte Smith at 165 pounds, you'd I'm find just, a way to make it work. I'm just as good with him. Like he's this. I was during the Super Bowl. Like they they did a close up of him, like walking, and they were it was not altered at all. And he has the skinniest legs I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm amazed. It's like he's like a like toothpick for legs. And I'm amazed that they can actually run and jump. It was amazing. I wish I would have saved. He's him. built more like Rejon Rondo. But I'll than give he you, is, yeah, you know, like he's he's built more like a real thin point guard in the NBA. So I saw one of my first mock draft um, suggestions. I'll call it. Okay. These, if you're not from the the team, these are just suggestions, right? Well, we did go mocking on heaven's door we last did. week. Um, here it is. So, uh, uh, Patriots drafting Ohio State wide receiver Jackson Smith something. Najiba, I do. Najiba, good job I by think you. So, yeah. At pick number 14. Here's here's his measurables. 6'1", 200 pounds. He caught 95 balls, uh, almost uh, 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns last year. Um, Sounds like David Gibbons. So, I mean, but, you know, 95 catches? At Ohio State, I mean, they had two really good wide receivers. They were one of the best offenses right. in, in in college football, actually. We caught 95 balls, 1,600 yards, nine touchdowns. So the measurables, the profile, he's 6'1", which means he's probably closer to six feet. He's 200 pounds, which means he's probably closer to 195, maybe. So what does that mean to you? Like, if that's the first wide receiver off the board at 14, what does that tell you about measurables and – you know, I know uh, it know, tells me that guy wouldn't be taken by New England at fourteen <laughs> in a way, only because you know there there might be a tackle there or something like that. Like Paris Johnson, that big kid out of Ohio State. But let me add, a, and and I referenced to you the other day the Texas running back Bajan Robinson, who I think is going to go to the combine and blow it up. He's an athlete. He's a weapon. Yeah, he's a running back, but he can also catch it out of the backfield and all that stuff. I want to ask you about the running back spot relative to the passing game because, there. look, Ramondre Stevenson had a great year catching the ball, but I think you and I would even agree that's not the way to win the matchup game necessarily at that spot. Do they have to be more uh, – I, I go back to more of a – working matchups out of the running back spot with guys that profile more like a James White than your big six foot two, two hundred and thirty power back. Like I know Ramondre can do it. And they've clearly set the set the, you know, built a foundation of we can throw it to this guy. But is that ability to mix and match someone smaller out of the backfield who can catch it? Does that need to come back in this offense? Okay, so we mentioned smaller because when you start looking at the guys that played that position, we'll call it the situational third down back. Kevin Falk, Danny Woodhead, James, James White, White, Deion Lewis. They were smaller, quick twitch um, guys. Gosh, I mean, I do. Those that's, are the four that, you me, really remember. Seems like a Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen. Good. There's good another call. guy. There's another guy. Uh, there. That is the profile, isn't it? Though, but the th- one thing I thought James White, even Kevin Falk, really. Like they did, they could still run between the tackles, but they were definitely had the advantage 
uh, on third down. And the one thing I always thought that, that, that they profiled was the wheel route. I remember watching Shane Vereen run wheel route after wheel route, and he could not do it. Right. I remember um, James White doing it. He couldn't do it and, until they could. And it was like, wow, look at these guys selling the flat route, taking, the, taking their route up the sideline against a linebacker who can't run with them, who are at least couldn't adjust to the go route after he covered the flat route. There it was, He was, yeah. like, stuck in the mud, right? So he couldn't adjust his hips and, and run with the wide receiver who was the back. I personally feel like they like that. And I don't know. Ramondre Stevenson is so talented at, at both, really. Right. I, feel, I really do feel like he's he could be just as talented as a third-down situational back as he could be an every-down back. But it's a little different, I think, because you're never or you're not very often going to be able to motion him out of the backfield the way you used to with Falk and, and really in particular with James White and get the matchup that you like. At least I don't think so. Ramondo Stevenson. I think throwing the ball to Ramondre Stevenson, screens, those angle routes over the middle where you can get a bigger, you know, in-the-box type linebacker. But I really wonder if Bill O'Brien's like, hey, you know what, I'm going to go to three wide or I'll put two wide receivers on the field and put a tight end in the slot with the idea of I'm going to get the mismatch for the running back. I have a hard time believing that more often than not that's going to be Ramondre Stevenson and that they need that other guy to be able to wiggle away from someone, beat a linebacker, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know the other name I'm going to throw at you? Who's that? Larry Centers. He was a fullback. Well, they told him he was a fullback, but he was a pass-catching third-down back everywhere he went until he got here. You're right. I remember going, wait, dude, you've caught like over a thousand pass, some nutty, some nutty number. But I think they're he was pushing a thousand. Yeah, yeah, they're having you block linebackers, dude. I saw what? Do, what are they? What is going on here? Well, they had Kevin, so they didn't care. Like it was like a filling. But I'll ask you this: Do you think that Bill O'Brien is looking at the what I would call your standard Patriots offense that would have your first down back, your situational back, right? Like there's there's a lot of like parts. So that offense that are real identifiable for me at yeah. least, we're gonna have a third down back no matter what. We're gonna recruit, we're gonna draft, we're gonna find free agents that that can we that can play that role. That are quick twitch guys that we get in space to and make you miss tough enough to withstand like blitzers, right? Because they are gonna blitz you. And Danny Woodhead, to his credit, was a lot better at picking up blitzes than I ever thought he would be. Better than Ramonde was yeah. first year. Oh God, man! <laughs> first year Ramonde had a rough, but this he year made up was for great. it though. He made he up did. for it though. Um, I think that's probably, I wonder if that's, if they're taking any of that script, is it, listen, this is going to be our foundation. I'm going to have the same things I had when I was here. These are the things that work. Well, can you basically with a healthy Ty Montgomery do those things that we just talked about? I know they don't. I know he's not a between the tackles runner, and that's what that's what I think hurts him. I know a lot of people probably on text three seven ninety three seven are going to be screaming. Pierre Strong might have a chance. There will be those who would say, "Can you?" And we've already got one. Can you teach Marcus Jones that role? You mentioned that a while that, yeah, ago. Of being that sure. third down. Maybe. But is that a limited? You get run over him, pass protection, though. No, but that's the thing is that do you, can you teach him enough of the third down packaging to be able to still use him on defense the way you want to? Because hmm. when you get into third down, to me, that is hyper-specialized. I would almost rather see Marcus Jones in the slot or in there with Ramondre on first down 
than on third down. Because on third down, I mean, again, and part of the reason why Ramondre struggled was because there are certain times where you're not going to be able to go out and route, where you are going to have to pick up a blitzer or whatever. That's why I would feel like third down, I'm not so sure about Jones because, like you said, he'd get run over. But if you have him as an option on first down to keep people's heads spinning. Yeah, but here's the thing with him, though. Okay. Uh, when does he stop becoming a gimmick and just part of the offense? And then how many of those gimmick plays can you have until it's obvious we know what you're doing? Well, you're right. And now you're now, it, now so to break the tendency, you got to leave him in there on third down and don't let him go out for a pass. Yeah, route. and that's the and then scene, when you get exposed. I think it is if you bring him in in certain spots and you get the right look. Like for me, Marcus Jones, and as much as I would say move him to offense full time and start teaching him right now, I don't think they're going to do that. But if it's like first and five off a penalty and you're in midfield or something, bring him in. Why? Not because you might get him the ball, but because the defense is going to be like, Aah! and they're going to overreact to that guy just being on the field. And if you do it in some unique circumstances, you know, first and five, that's a real two-way go. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like third and three or third and two. You can kind of do what you want. That's where I'd put that guy in See, there. And- you, you, you brought up a good point a while ago and, and I'm trying to like diminish it because, but because they were so hard up for offense, they were so hard up for any sort of change of pace, something like gimmicky to just to move the chains that they used Marcus Jones. They it's almost like, hey, you figured it out too late. He could have been maybe a little bit better for you, Agreed. but you figured it out too late. You got desperate too late. So wow, is it is he worth like a, a full time change? Is he? Is this potential, is this ceiling so high that it's worth it for you to maybe replace him on the defensive side and keep him a full-time offensive player and then turn him into a Julian Edelman or Troy Brown if you run into a jam? Is he more valuable to you as an offensive player or is he more valuable to you as a defensive player? Here's another thing. Rex Burkhead. I don't know why I forget about Rex. Rex was technically a third-down guy. I mean, technically. I mean, but if you were going to really typecast him, to me, but he's still like all those guys were all adept at doing both. They they all did a lot of they things all did, well. Yeah, they all did everything. All of them, even like Dion Lewis, like man, he'll never make it in the league. He's too tiny. When he blew out his knee that one year, I was like, man, that guy was special. He was special. Quick twitch for days. Well, that's kind of the athlete thing that I brought up with you a while ago about the whole Robinson kid. That if he fell to fourteen. Yeah, he he can be a special player, but God, you can use him in so many different ways. I wonder if Marcus Jones could run between the tackles. Well, I son of a bitch, I was just gonna say that to you. It's safe. Those guys, Is those return he, guys, like space. They do. They don't like the big guys coming at them and hitting them when they're not looking. And he's what one? He's tiny. Seventy five. See, that's where I would say, yeah, probably gonna have to get used to it in a hurry. That's why you'd have to put him in the slot or use yeah. him as a in motion change of pace type guy. You'd have to honestly, yeah, because yes, James White could block on third down, but boy, they tried like hell to make sure they got him out of there to be able to get him into route, to be able to win some battles. You can do that with Marcus Jones if you line him up on the outside. I don't know out of the backfield or any of that stuff. If I'm that talking downhill. You got you to gotta find the crease between those right. big fat guys. Yeah, and sure tough. as hell, some big D lineman just gets free and just blasts you. Okay. Or now, strips you. Or no. the linebacker has a clean shot at you. If I can redirect your honor. If they bring if they bring the fullback back to the roster, would that then allow you to at least see if Marcus Jones could run between the tackles with somebody in front of him? 
I would say e, if they find somebody who can play that position. I mean fullback. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how many teams how have hard a is fullback. it to find a fullback? Well, I, it's to me, remember Dan Klecko? Joe Klecko's son, little Dan Klecko from Temple University. Knew him well when he was here. Yeah, he was yeah. great. Great guy. Uh, they made him at a fullback. Well, they also made Seymour and Vrabel. Tom Ashworth. Too, they, made Tom every, they make right. everybody a fullback. That, uh, but that's more more specialized. But was that role in the offense maybe underrated in terms of getting rid of it? And last year was like, hey, you know what? We can find one of these guys who can also help us on special teams. It isn't the worst thing to have the no, fullback in there. Because I tell you, the Titans don't want to do it. Oh, John Smith don't want to do they it. Don't, Hunter Henry, none of us. I will speak for all of us. None of us want to do it. As the now what we do speaking for tight ends <laughs> we united. Do, not do it. Don't let us make us wham block. We need no the, ISO blocks. We need some uh, uh Terp, we need the uh, Sarah McLaughlin, you know, the uh uh the, the angel like you would uh, see for the for the dogs, you know, and all of the uh, I will remember you. All of the like animals. That. I think it was Angel, if I'm not mistaken. But I can uh I can hear it now. You did the ladies and gentlemen. For tight ends all across the yeah. NFL, here is Christian Fourier. Well, fans, in representing all of tight ends all across the league, I'm here to talk about the blocking tight end. Specifically, the in, fullback blocking tight end. And in speaking for <laughs> fullback blocking tight ends, please save us from the horror that these NFL coaches would put us through we're Preach. mere athletes, just dressed in bigger bodies. Tall. We don't have the we don't have the leg the, the knee bend. We don't have the knee bend. We're tall. We're not short. Okay, it's easier. Not all of Leverage. us. Not all of us tight ends are built like Kyle Brady, where we look like Mack trucks and Shrek at the same time. Some of us are thin, live, and beautiful. Look at me. I'm a former NFL tight end, Christian Fourier. <laughs> Look how handsome I am. Uh, and the fact be. that I only blocked six people in my career would show you that we, the tight ends, need to come together to catch passes, not catch bruises. So please, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a conversation with your local NFL coach, stump for us, the tight ends. I am Christian Fourier on behalf of tight ends everywhere. Thank you for that. <laughs> Did anything I say that wrong? Uh, well, I gave you six blocks. That's pretty good. Hey, listen, no one. I'm not in, against in, blocking. In 13 years, I'm, uh, you know what? Here's what I'll, here's I'll, what I'll put it this way: You're a waller. Uh, no, well, that's part of it. <laughs> I'm not against blocking. Okay, I'm against blocking from distance. That's where the collisions occur that no tight end wants any part of. So if you Call were to, up. so if you were to do that commercial again, we would have to be playing wham because you don't want any wham. No wham blocks. No whams for you, especially when the big fat guy who's three hundred fifty pounds knows it's coming. It kind of looks at you and grins <laughs> like Vince. I know, and you know that's. I'm just gonna get in your way, dude. Just don't fall to the ground. Did you have to try to earhole uh, Seymour in practice like that on a wham? Ted Washington was the worst. Oh well, because he was about—he was like moving worst. a refrigerator. Keith, Keith tractor trailer was very nice, very respectful. He just kind of like he didn't want to hurt your feelings. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I like Keith. Hey, I could kill Ted you. Ted was just like, listen, man, you, listen, this is a, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like get your ball and go home. Would you try to get on his hip and try to, you know what I mean? Like the go for the shoulder. Just, the hip? I just needed to hold my ground for a half second. Make sure he didn't make the tackle. Or pushed me into the back. Right. 
Broski. Sorry, Corey. Uh, by the way, Bills lose their defensive coordinator, Leslie Frazier. He is taking a year off. Oh, Maddie P. Get a big interview. Here we go, baby. Yeah, they would rather. They would. They oh, would. They, a good move for Sean McDermott would rather call the defense than uh-huh. bring in Matt Patricia. We will get to the lunchtime parlay next. WEI. WEI. New England Sports Original. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. Here we go. It's time for the lunchtime parlay. It is very interesting for you to see the reaction from people who expect us to get every one of these right. Every one of them. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, four people. All picking, uh, you you would think we would we would have a better record. That's well, a, I no, would think that the, we would have a better record. Every Gen hardcore gambler will tell you that parlays are nothing but fun. They're unreliable, but for the average gambler, it's the easiest way to bet a little money and make a lot. And today is no different. So, should we, uh, uh, Billy? Do we need to uh, schedule the parade? for uh, Fourier getting a pick right yesterday. Yeah, I made a call to the Celtics. We're going to do, uh, in between a timeout, we're going to do the Heroes Among Us, and it's going to be uh, <laughs> Christian Fourier. Calls in. You know, we, right, we'll, you know we'll, ask, in. we'll ask Steve later. You know, Steve's on at one. Hey, hey, Steve, I won my pick. Can we do a Heroes Among Us? I'm going to say, Steve, how would you like to honor me, Steve? How would you like to reward me for my greatness, Steve? And Steve would probably say, you know what? Well, you you decide. And here's the thing. All you hard See, here's the thing with Gresh. Here's the thing with you and Gresh. I'll put Billy in this one, too. Okay? You guys just think you know everything. You think there's like, you want to hand me some book. You're just, you're... So at all least over my teach pick. you a little bit yeah, of gambling. Yeah. What did you teach me? I disregarded all you your got, your advice, and you I got, made my own pick based on my own gut and my own feeling, and I won. I didn't take Gresh's advice yesterday and lost. I won. He so, told me money line. I did puck oh, line. I lost. That is a good point. What would you knock over? That's don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, no. We need a mop. <laughs> five. I'll clean it up in a second. Oh, Lord. My point is that in the end, in uh, the see, end. You think it, it's all guessing, but it isn't. No, I don't think. I didn't. Wasn't, no, I bet. Listen, I bet based on the circumstances oh, that yeah. were that existed at that point in time. Bullcrap. Philly coming off a very disappointing loss. Miami losing four straight. You being s- in, being embarrassed. You knew you said they were going to take advantage feel. of the year. All you said well, was gut No, feel. no. I actually said they're due. I said the heat are due. I said they're due. That's Just like, like my walking, pick today. That's like walking by the roulette and seeing all black and being like, oh, I got to put a million dollars on I red. I told you that's what I do. That's they're, Eventually, I'm, I'm trying due. to save you from that. Every now and then. Thinking. Every At least now he's consistent with his you know philosophy. Because he does say that You're right. every the, the way he does it is that if a team's due, he bets them. So yes. at least he's consistent he with it. He is consistent with I his philosophy and that he has none. I have my own book sure. that I use. Yep. <laughs> I know you do. It's it, it written in crayon. <laughs> Have it in my back pocket. It's all it's all crumbled up. All right. So since Fourier is the only one that nailed his pick yesterday, why don't you lead the way for today's I'll lunchtime go, listen, parlay? Again, there again, again. I'm going by uh, by uh, situation. You look at the Lakers. You mean the Greek? Everybody's talking about the Lakers. Can this Lakers team make the difference? Sure enough, they won a bunch of games in a row. They had this huge comeback uh, against uh, Dallas, a 27-point comeback. LeBron, everybody's playing. Well, LeBron's hurt now, okay? Now everybody's paying attention to him. LeBron's hurt. 
They're going to fly, and they're going to play Memphis. Memphis ain't having it, okay? So you take the Lakers at Grizzlies minus nine. This is when they go back to their crappy level of, uh, of non-existent, non-important basketball. And LeBron's and out. He's out. So, I mean, listen, Memphis is really good offense. They're good in the paint. They have a lot of assets, uh, that, and all their guys are playing for the most part. So I would take advantage of the situation. You'll be okay. The Memphis Grizzlies will cover the nine points. All right, then. Billy, what do you have today? All right, the Nuggets are in Houston to play the Rockets. Nuggets are really good. Rockets are really bad. Give me Nikola Jokic over 23 and a half points. There you go, baby. Terp, what do you got? I'm going back with the Kings. Oh, uh, sweet I God. am. I hear yeah, me out. Hear me oh, out. Hear geez. me out. This pick is my philosophy. Always pick the Kings. Oh, okay. They have to be oh, one of the most oh, profitable always teams. Always pick the what? The Kings. Oh. Why always pick the Kings? They have to be one of the most profitable teams. I don't have any science on Based that. Based on what? On no, you know what? They they're, are profitable. They're, they're 35 and 25 on the year, and I do believe if we looked it up, I think it last check. They were in the top five in the league in terms of ROI. See? See? Well, because nobody... Listen to you. There's also a guy who also, I think, put like 10 grand on them to win the NBA championship for what would turn into hundreds of thousands of dollars, not a million dollars. And tonight, the Thunder are without their best player. SGA is not playing. The Kings have won three games in a row since coming back from the All-Star break. The Thunder haven't won a single game. And the Kings are 2-0 against the Thunder this so, season. So, so give the, me the Kings. So the Turpin, and a half. the Turpin philosophy... Is always bet on the Kings. That's it. The one time I did last week on, oh, on oh, Friday, oh, oh, I didn't oh. do it. Nope. That's it. That's it. You need guess, to figure out what guess, your philosophy yes. is and then own it. I'm I not guess, thrilled about that I either. I guess that's but. technically a philosophy, yeah. but I, I didn't take them on Friday. I took the Cavs, and the Kings win like the second highest scoring game in NBA okay. history. I All should have right. just taken you, the Kings. By me. the way, that thing was insane. Insanity. Yeah, a ton of uh, points. All right, I got the Wizards plus seven in Atlanta. Uh, new coach tonight in Quinn Snyder is supposed to debut. And the Hawks, as a favorite, have not handled prosperity very well. Uh, so a lot of this is not trusting the Hawks uh, than it is, oh, let's put over the Wizards. But give me the Wizards plus the seven. So we got Wiz plus seven, Jokic over 23 and a half, Kings minus three and a half, Grizzlies minus nine. That $10, ladies and gentlemen, will win you $118.05. Quite a return. 11 times return and two cups of coffee. You got my record wrong. Left too, over. What do, what do, what do you mean? 7 11 and 1. Oh. Right. Just saying. Well, Nobody's keeping track of this stuff. No, well, that's a guilty you guys, smile. You, you well, guys, three of your wins also came that's from other people. That's a guilty other, smile. Three, three of his wins also came from other people, but that's okay. That's not true. Uh, Tom Curran, he's a winner. He'll join us next.